This episode of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., episode number 470, we're going to be talking about the 2023 Disney Plus show, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, including episode 11 and 12, Like Mother, Like Moon Girl, and Today, I Am Woman. I'm Damien the DM from Adventures in Aurelia, a collaborative storytelling experience told through a game of Dungeons and Dragons, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other epically geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for a scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Marvel Comic Book universes as told on screen by the subsidiary of the mouse called Marvel Studios. The show is recorded on Saturday, April 29th, 2023, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast LES wide. Come and join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't already catch on to it, we like talking about Marvel. Because of getting all those likes. If you'd like to talk to us about your obsession with social media and the verification that comes to it, you can catch us on our website at legendsofshield.com. You can let us know about your favorite social influencer by leaving us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can tell us if you prefer to like a social media post, if you like to heart it, if you have an emoji of choice to approve your social media friends. You can catch us on our Facebook page at Legends of Shield Podcast. If it's still around, you can like our tweets at Legends of Shield. We're still around on the YouTubes and you can leave us a comment on social media and how you use it and how you get your affirmation from it at youtube.com slash gonna geek. You can join our discord server at gonna geek.com slash discord and get lots of likes. And remember legends of shield is a proud member of the gonna geek.com network. And I wish I could say it's a founding member, but it is not a founding member. We were one of the first post-founding members of the Gunna Geek Network. Did you know that? No. What are the founding podcasts? Do you know? Legends podcast, all things good and nerdy, the Gunna Geek podcast. There might be one or two more in there, maybe comic book legends in there. But those were the three that I know of for sure. Well, we came along soon after. So I guess in K-pop, yeah, in K-pop. We would be second generation podcast from the GunnaGeek.com network. Yeah, it's almost first. I mean, it was made up by original members, so maybe you can say first generation, but it wasn't like plank owner. You know, in the Navy, when they have a new ship and you're part of that first crew, you're called a plank owner because you own a part of that deck. Ooh, is it like a 12 by 12 square that you own? Like, like how you buy... The parcel of land in Scotland, it's it's that one foot square, which I have and my mom has. 
So we've got our trees. Is it like that? Maybe, you know, I would really like to do that, but I think there are some legalities of me owning foreign land. Oh yeah, I could see why. Yeah. So we it's a whole whole nother we'll go into it some other time. I would love to do it, but we'll go into it. Although I should probably own a piece of the moon, even though according to all the treaties, you're not supposed to. We'll get to that later. Anyway, we're the only two here this week. Obviously, Agent Chris is not here and he wanted to be here, but he forgot he wasn't going to be here. I think Agent Lauren is still recovering. So it's just the two of us, but that's okay. We got you covered. We're going to talk Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. You ready, Michelle? Yes. Here we go. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, episode 11, Like Mother, Like Moon Girl, premiered on Disney Plus April 1st, 2023. It was not an April Fool's episode. And then episode 12, Today I Am a Woman, premiered on Disney Plus April 8th, 2023. Michelle, I know you gotta have those IMDb descriptions ready to go, so let's hear what these episodes are all about. Like Mother, Like Moon Girl. Moon Girl becomes the face of a new initiative to revitalize the Lower East Side, but the effort starts to drastically change her neighborhood for the worse. Today, I am a woman. Hoping to help Casey have an epic bat mitzvah, Lunella appears as Moon Girl, ultimately bringing out the worst in Casey and causing a rift in their friendship. What are your initial thoughts on these two episodes? I like how the relationships are developing and... We had a couple of mentions and a cameo, which means Moon Girl must be all part of this in the hashtag. It's all connected. Yep. Still not my thing, but I like the stories and the connection now has me intrigued because how did that connection happen? Where is it going to go in the future? We'll talk about that in a second. The first thing, though, that we want to talk about is the aspect of finding your voice. And there was a little bit of it in both of these episodes. And both Lunella is going through that superhero path of I'm Lunella and I'm also Moon Girl. When should I be more Moon Girl than Lunella? When should I be more Lunella than Moon Girl? She naively thinks that Pairing up with those two scientists, that couple, will help the neighborhood because she got her little badge. And she's like, yes, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be helping. And then things get out of hand and her mother gets angry at Moon Girl for allowing that to happen. So Moon Girl, through being Lonella, finds a way to find like that voice to help the neighborhood and then she actually in today i'm a woman with casey when she's moon girl and she's basically being treated as a party favor and it gets to the point where she's going to miss the ceremony and she's like casey i i need you know i'm feeling this way which is a good from the episode where she faked her injury because she couldn't say hey i needed a break this time she was able to sit down with casey and go 
I would like to stop being Moon Girl right now so I can be Lunella and attend your ceremony. And Casey was blinded by getting all those wonderful likes on social media. And my mind exactly went to that episode where it was quid pro quo. First, it was Lunella. Now it's Casey. They both have to mature. They both have to run through it. And they both forgive each other during the process. So I thought that was pretty cool. To get back to the city council giving them the honorary badges. This is mostly Moon Girl, but you can't leave out Devil in that for the community captains. At what point do you have to balance kids and their 13-year-old girls in this case? doesn't matter, girls, boys, whatever, 13-year-olds. At what point do you have to balance being a 13-year-old and then being aware of your environment and then being a voice for your environment, being a leader for your environment with being protected still for the next five years by your parents or your guardians as you're continuing to grow up in the world because the world's kind of a cruel place. So I kind of, as a parent, was looking at that situation going, yeah, I realize that you're coming of age, but you're still a kid and you still need protections. And for you to be labeled as, even as a superhero, like, they even brought up the fact that the mom, I forget her name, but Lunella's mom was like, oh, I, well, I was her parent. I'd be like, why are, is that parent letting you do stuff? So they're bringing these things up. And I have no idea where the next few episodes are going to go. But I got to think that that should be something that is told to the people that this series is really meant for, which are the younger crowd. So I find it as a parent difficult to balance the two things of protection and growing up and the advocacy for wanting to be a part of the community and a voice of the community. I'll give you one more example. It's voting. You have a bunch of kids that are impacted through school levies, through legislation on what they can be taught. And they have no voice in that whatsoever because they legally cannot vote until they're 18, which for most of kids, you know, you're choosing your own academic way at that point if you go into post-secondary education in the united states very similar throughout the rest of the world and they have no voice so at what point do you become effective in voicing for your community so lots impacted in what i just said there but what are your thoughts on all that i'm not a parent but i am a teacher and when it comes to what I would call the middle school, that seven through, that six through eighth grade, 13, 14 year olds, they're going through so much. Their body's changing. They're trying to get through that. Some of them are, is it okay to still like my kid things? My parents are, because also you have to under, understand that some cultures see, like 15, when you get the Kinsiera, that's like you're becoming, you know, more of a woman and some adult things might be coming a little bit faster for them. But I've just seen all across, some of them get mature a little quicker, sometimes just because their mindset, sometimes it's the influence of the parents or the stresses of their environment. There is a move right now in education to include what we call social emotional learning. And 
through that, the move right now is to slowly tie it into the curriculum as best you can. And through learning science or history, they also learn conflict resolution, like in history, you know, looking at both sides, actually judging who is ethically correct or not in science, looking at how they can get involved with helping the environment when they're, whether in their middle school or high school, and learning how to just interact with other people. And I see it all the time that push and pull. What role do the parents have? Are they helicopter parents? Do they feel like once they're 15, it's all up to them? It's a lot. And for her to be 13, and what's interesting is that Lunella's mom knows Casey is hanging out with Moon Girl, doing all the social media, but isn't asking her who Moon Girl is, which I find refreshing. I like that it's, okay, you're doing your own thing. You're not, you might be putting yourself in a little bit of danger, but that's what you and your dads need to talk about. And you are not my kid. For some reason, the mom not realizing that her kid is 13, Moon Girl is 13, they're the same height, and we've got that hair. I think Mimi knows because she's that generation back. She's the grandparent, and grandparents know first. It was the case in my family. I don't know about yours, but the grandparents caught on first because they've been through it they've already raised the kid and so they can see patterns yeah so your grandparents found out you were a superhero what was your superhero name <laughs> oh you're no. talking about something else you weren't a superhero yeah. as a kid okay no. they just want to figure out what's going on in your life and like you're keeping a secret or you're not telling your parents everything or something. They just sometimes are no. Sometimes they know before their parents know. Also embedded in this episode, like mother, like moon girl is the gentrification of the lower East side. I was born in New York city. I haven't lived there for quite some time. So I don't know the current status of New York from the ground level, but I have heard there's a bunch of gentrification going on not only in new york city but across the nation and across the world in some cases this was an interesting take on it it was acknowledging the fact that it can happen it probably is happening in certain locations and that it's not always good for the community one of the things i like about these first you know 10 episodes is how lunella and her family interact with the other people in their community. They're not isolated. They actually have a hub of the community, the roller skating rink, because all members of the community end up at the roller skate rink at one point. And then you've got that one street vendor who serves, you know, the best, what was it like falafels, I believe? I thought it was falafels, yeah. And there are just like those certain places where, you know, that's there and it adds so much to the culture. You had like places actually have 
appreciated what graffiti artists and can do and actually have gotten them to do specific things, you know, that it's like, okay, if you could stop tagging here and do your art here, here's this wall over here. And and the one thing that they noticed that they covered up that mural, um, that meant something to a lot of people. What is home? I've watched other because like it was actually happening in like I watch a lot of K dramas. There's a couple of of them where they talk about getting people out of neighborhoods in orders for them to like knock things out and put in high rise apartments. So it's even happening there as well. And people are just like, I've lived here forever. Right there's my corner store. Here's the bar where we have barbecue and soju over here's the fried chicken place and it's just adds so much and then making it all sterile and bland for everyone i find you find it in music and tv shows when you make something that's supposed to be for everyone in the end it tends to be bland and really for no one i don't know if you've ever noticed that Oh yeah, and that's actually a big part of the what the criticism was of Disney a few years ago. Even though they were making foyers into community, you know, some cultures and that sort of thing. Uh, for the large part, they want to make money on their parks, so they want to make their parks accessible to everybody. So the stories they tell, which are funnels to get people into the parks, are blandified, even if they're culture. And now that Marvel is part of that, that was one of the criticisms of the MCU as it marched towards the end of phase three and into phase four. And I definitely can see that not only within Disney, but other entertainment places as well, because they want to make money. So if you make your movie or TV show more appealing to more people, then you get a lot of people that will want to watch it. And that's exactly the problem we were discussing. I took my daughter and her husband out to breakfast this morning. We were discussing Ted Lasso, for instance, and where it could go from here and that sort of thing. And Ted Lasso is a show on Apple TV Plus. So it's a different company all, all together. And we were discussing, we hope it sticks the landing. And then we got into shows that didn't stick the landing, like Lost. And no, uh, we've ar- argued that point before, but lost how i met your mother chuck for a lot of people these shows may or may not have stuck the landing depending on how you viewed it and then you don't want to go back and watch it if it didn't stick the landing in the case of how i met your mother my daughter was like yeah i've watched it but i stay away from that last season because i just don't want to see it so yes completely understand what you're saying and there is this push sometimes i fall down a youtube hole because I, you know, stress or whatever, I just need to watch. And there are a lot of rewriting the last two seasons of Game of Thrones because when they ventured from the book, it was just they had no idea. And then they smashed everything and they made characters bland because Game of Thrones was this cultural phenomenon. People pretty soon in like, Five to ten years time, I'm going to see a few Khaleesi's and Daenerys's in my roster. If I'm, I hope I'm still teaching. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope I'm still teaching. Then, but now, like once 
those two seasons happened and it did not stick the landing, we don't talk about it anymore. And it's almost like the Avatar thing as well. People are going to see it. It's making its money. But after people see and enjoy it, it has no cultural impact. No one's really talking about it in some sort of cultural way. Not like how, you know, like Game of Thrones in the first season of Stranger Things. You know, everybody was talking about like waffles and Eggo waffles and all that type of stuff. So it's just interesting how something that could be popular at one point, it just goes boom because it doesn't stick the landing or people don't see anything beyond what they just, okay, there's, I've spent three hours watching Avatar. I was entertained and that's it. I'm going to go home and then watch something on Netflix or Disney plus or whatever. So to tie it back into Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, what we're talking about is gentrification. Once you blandify the neighborhood by bringing in franchises and less culturesque businesses and facades and architecture, it just looks like any other suburbia, paved suburbia, basically, with the same signage, the same look. Heck, even fast food restaurants, which used to be iconic in how the buildings were different. They're almost the same now. It's the same architecture. It's the same low-profile style. A lot of places don't let you put a big sign out anymore. So they've all conformed across their architecture to the same sort of look. So you can't know if you're entering into the parking lot of a McDonald's, a Wendy's, a Burger King, whatever. And honestly, they're all kind of the same restaurant. If you're from a place other than the United States and you see any of those restaurants, they're almost the same, right? So in this case, you're taking that culture out of the LES and you're not leaving them with anything left. And you're giving out tickets for playing music. Reminded me of Footloose. You can't dance in town. (laughs) People found a way to dance. People found a way to put on that block party. (laughs) Footloose is now canon for the MCU. There we go. At the end of this, we get a nod to the rest of the MCU. And at first it was like, okay, this could just be in general terms, S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ. So Moon Girl, who has no real special powers of her own, but has created her own stuff now knows who S.H.I.E.L.D. is because she's called S.H.I.E.L.D. in in order to send these offenders to. Okay, so we got that nod. There was another nod that we're going to talk about later, which firmly cements this into the MCU. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But is there anything else you want to talk about, like Mother, like Moon Girl, before we move on to the second episode? I love the mother-daughter relationship. It's complex. But eventually, the mom takes a deep breath and is able to just talk and, more importantly, listen. Because if kids aren't listened to, they will go to other people that will listen. And sometimes those other people will tell them things that aren't good. I don't think we've really delved into it too much, but... There is a multi-generational family vibe going on here. I think they're all underneath one roof. 
And I'm seeing that more and more in America, even in suburbia, where when I was growing up, if you lived in the suburbs, you were separated from your grandparents, whatever. Now I'm seeing more and more multi-generational families in suburbia. And I'm not talking about like next to New York City. I'm talking about miles away from the city center, new growth, subdivisions, that sort of thing. And there's just more and more of that, including in my my own neighborhood, where you have multi-generational families living under the same roof. You're getting a lot of it here, which almost takes away from that mother-daughter relationship because you have Mimi involved and you have the grandfather involved. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But they each have their own distinct relationship. And it's taking us 12 episodes to get to this point because there's so many people involved. But you are seeing the specific one-on-ones like the mother-daughter relationship. Exactly. All right. The next episode today, I am a woman. That was very interesting because you're talking about multiple different cultures right there. And then because Casey is Jewish and she's going through her 13 year old Jewish ritual and her big party, which is huge in the Jewish community. Right. And she just wants to throw a flashy party. I guess that's the thing where you're competing on who has the flashier party. If you're in the social circles, so, so to speak, I would never care. I'd be like, okay, I just want to go through my bar mitzvah. I'm not Jewish. I've never done it, but I could just be, that, that would be me. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to do it. Casey, she's party girl. This generation has a layer of stress that we did not. And that's social media, which means things just travel faster. If you're thinking that social influencers impacting culture is a new thing, it's not. We've had to live through celebrity culture for a hundred years, ever since silent movies came out in like 1919, like by 1920s, we had silent movies and celebrities and impacting style in There's a movie in the 1930s called It Happened One Night. Cary Grant. So usually men back there, they would have an undershirt and then their shirt. Cary Grant took off his shirt. There was no undershirt. These sales for undershirts plummeted all because of Cary Grant. So this idea of a social influencer, we just call it that because they do it through social media. So We've been impacted by celebrities' hairstyles and costume choices in movies. So this is something not new. What is new is the avenue and how you don't have to be a quote-unquote movie star. Cary Grant was a movie star when, we, when movie stars were a thing. We just now have these quote-unquote regular people. A lot of them, though, have resources the rest of the people don't. But it's For Casey, it's about the triplets. The triplets had this awesome party. This special influencer liked it, talked about it. So it became a thing for a week. But Casey wanted to compete with them, which meant she needed to get the attention of social media influencers. And she does because of of Moon Girl. and. Going down the circle of likes, 
is not uncommon because it's this external validation from this new aspect of our culture that we're still getting used to. The internet culture is really about like 30 years old. Like, for example, K-pop itself is 30 years old. That whole explosion of K-pop is actually 30 years old. And here we all are in the quote unquote fourth generation of K-pop and how it's just it's been a rapid rise and evolution through that culture. And so seeing her go through that, I'm like, now this is something that's going to be part of raising a child. Actually having to have the talk about social media. So this generation who is really experiencing social media, obsessed with those likes, as they grow up and mature and have kids of their own, if they can afford it, trust me, I understand not being able to afford anything. But eventually that's going to have to be something that is taught and talked about because that's a new level. It's not just peer pressure. I had to have the talk about peer pressure which was just the people around me. Now the peer pressure is not just people around them. It's people from different cities and different cultures around the world. So it was interesting to watch her go through that spiral and how much it took her to get out of it. When she has saw those pictures of, you know, Lunella being upset, that sort of like brought her back out of, you know, got her, out of you know being obsessed with all those likes and coming back to more to herself and actually redoing the ceremony so Lunella could be there. I can't imagine growing up these days. I would say the internet itself and being able to communicate back and forth really started to take hold about 45 years ago. That was through things like GoForNet and the defense ARPA and DARPA and then it found its way into colleges and perpetrated through there. And you had dial up places like AOL, but before that there were BBSs. So you could dial into these BBSs, bulletin board systems. Social media itself didn't really take hold. I want to say MySpace was probably the first like social media. I know GeoCities was there. And I had an argument with my daughter, same daughter that I was at breakfast with this morning about a MySpace page. And she wanted to have a MySpace page. And I'm like, oh, no, you won't do that. There's so many creeps in the world, that whatever. And it's so, even though those are still considerations today, they are so much less considerations today than they were at one point because there are entities looking out. There, There's things that fall through the cracks and stuff kids get into problems with today that are still because of social media. But you do have safeguards, at least in play now, where there really wasn't back then. I can't imagine myself growing up there. And even though my kids were kind of on the tail end of it, I can't imagine raising kids today with what's available. And when my kids start to have kids, I'm glad it's going to be on them. I mean, I'll, I'll give them my best practices of what I know from my experience in cybersecurity and my own personal experience and stuff like that. But it has just evolved to the point of, wow, the minefields that are there, you have mental health issues because on the reverse side, it's not just about like who can get more likes. It's also about 
who can get likes at all? And then what is your validation? If you're somebody that really needs that validation from social media and you're not getting any at all, then that turns into a mental health issue versus just a competitive catty mean girl sort of thing, right? So whole bunch of spectrum here. And in this with Casey and her family pressures of the Jewish triplets, I can't imagine having triplets these days. Oh my gosh. I have a coworker that has three kids under five and the last two were twins. And he's like, nope, actually both are coworkers. Both parents are coworkers. And he's like, nope, we're not. No, it's off the table. So he had surgery to make sure that it wouldn't happen anymore. I can't imagine that. That's just, that's just way too much. But the triplets obviously had a great party. And if you're raising triplets, you kind of have combined resources. Yeah, you only have the resources of the one family, but you combine all those resources into the three kids that you can make it a little bit bigger. If it's like an event, it's like three parties in one. So yeah, you're paying for three parties, but then you get some economy of scale between the three and you're, you can make it bigger. So if you're competing with that, you're competing with something that you just don't have. And her two dads are so, so I want to say cute, but they're, they're so into it, right? So they want what's best for her and they want to go with her and everything. And you just see their interactions going back and forth. And that's pretty cool too. And I like that. But in the LES where with Ms. Marvel, which is technically Jersey, you're just getting a whole bunch of cultural things, just all in New York City, right? And it's great seeing all these uh, combine between them all. Along the way, you have a bad social media influencer, right? And that's kind of what you were talking about. They just have influence because they have fame and they have money that goes with it. And they have the same access to social media that you do. And she has to be taken down basically. And it's like, Oh, uh, not all famous people are good. Surprise. <laughs> but they take her down and then she's put in a closet, right? The coat room. Was it? Yes. And then the question is, okay, so what did we do with her? And then we get the next big intro, which is not only captain America, but the, current mcu captain america sam wilson with the wings the falcon wings that was so awesome it was the social influencer likes to collect superhero gadgets and her first thing was like i was planning to return it but this notion of now we were getting Contacts outside the world is bigger than the Lower East Side. Having S.H.I.E.L.D., having Sam is going to be interesting if they're going to keep Moon Girl as just an animated story part of the MCU. Like, what if? Because what if is connected and that's an animated series. It'd be really cool if we can still have an animated series that is part of the MCU and, you know, hashtag it's all connected instead of having a live action moon girl appear in a movie. But if they go that way, I hope they cast her right because the voice actor and the animators are working together to make a very vibrant and complex moon girl. And we've had the champions or the young Avengers, West coast Avengers, whatever you want to call 
the next generation Avengers. We've had them laid out over the last few years. To add Moon Girl into that and Devil too would just be a level up, especially if you do it with uh, non-animation, with uh, real life, right? Live action, I guess is what you call it. And then not only that, but it, it is Moon Girl is a different animation style than One F. So I don't know if this means that all animation styles will be included or, or whatever, but this was pretty cool. It just could have been a nod, right? But even so, it was a good nod. I think if you're watching this and you're a young person, you're going into it, all of a sudden you see, oh, it is connected to the broader universe. This is a Marvel character. This is a superhero. This is a person that is as important as Captain America. I like that. I have no idea what the next few episodes are, if we're going to get any more cameos or whatever, but I like what they did in the past two episodes where you got shield and captain America. I'm glad we watched them back to back because we get the effect of both basically. Yeah. I enjoyed that. All right. Anything left on these two episodes? I enjoy the writing. I like the animation style. One of the things into the spider verse did was crack open how different animation styles will actually be watched that is one of the things that that movie did because if you notice now we're getting moon girl and some other properties that are experimenting with animation styles the characters are not one note they interact really well they don't get along but in the end they realize their family and we might not agree on everything and there still might be things that we need to talk about but we're family and we are a safe place to come to and talk to and ask questions to. That is important, parents, for you to create. Because again, if you discourage your kids from coming to you with questions or if they ask a question and you just say they're not old enough, if they're asking the question, they're old enough because they've been exposed to something that's making them ask this question. Again, if, you, if you're not the safe space, parents or guardians, you're going to go someplace else, and it's not going to be good. Next time, we will be discussing Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur episodes 13 and 14. Next weekend, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the third and final installment in that trilogy now, will be releasing. We are going to talk about it the next week. So in two weeks, we'll be discussing Guardians of the Galaxy. Michelle, when do you notionally plan on seeing it? Probably that weekend. I might wait until the next week sometime when I have some available time. Go see it after work or maybe take an afternoon off or something like that. Probably won't go next weekend. Weekend is a, just a busy time for me. So I don't know. Maybe I need to carve out more entertainment time in my weekend. But I think that's probably what I'll do. Uh, maybe closer to when we we'll record. I don't know. We'll see. But I am looking forward to seeing it. We were teased so hard with that holiday special being so close to the movie, right? That I'm like into these characters now. And I just like, okay, what's next? What's next? I want to see the ending of it. So that'll be in two weeks. All right. I think, I think we're going to need to call our friends down at the shield HQ for a little help on our way out. I'll tell you what, Michelle, I am so grateful to have some time back in my schedule. It was really fun doing the Strange New World podcast on Picard Season 3, the final 
season of Picard and maybe final for most of those Star Trek TNG characters. A little bit grateful to have some time back in my life, but it was a fun ride. Did you watch all of Picard season three now? Not yet. I just finished The Mandalorian. I'm slowly catching up on things. Oh, Mandalorian was good, too. What'd you think of that? Wow. They are really laying the carpet down for Thrawn's return. And Thrawn is one of the most interesting antagonists. And I call him an antagonist because I can see his point of view. I think he's an interesting character. He has blue skin and the red eyes. And he had a bunch of discrimination. And then the Empire comes along and he joins the Empire. And the Empire is just, oh, you can win these battles and you can get all these people to do these things. And it's like, yeah, he gets actual job promotions and is acknowledged for his mind and his skills through the Empire. So for him, the Empire was a positive experience because because he was able to rise to the ranks of admiral racism didn't really get in his way when he became a member of the empire so it's an interesting way of looking at the empire and about how not everyone saw it as evil and then with the mandalorian people some people are finding the new republic to be annoying because of the new regulations and office work and bureaucracy Sometimes, you know, one of the things I said, I think, in Discord was no matter what the government is, the Mandalorian's proving that bureaucracy just stays the same. (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of funny where it doesn't matter who's in charge. There's still the bureaucracy. That was that was definitely funny. Well, over on the Guinea Geek Network, we have some sister podcasts. There's Capes on the Couch, where they deep dive into a creator and what their mental issues might be and what their treatment plans might be. Very interesting. Our co-host Waffles over on the Play Comics podcast, he's going down some interesting paths with mechanized comics and video games, kind of like the Gundam series and that sort of thing. So that's pretty cool. And then over on Smoking and Drinking in Capes, they continue their march down different comic book movies. V for Vendetta was the last one that they did just this week. Episode 61 on Smoking and Drinking in Capes. So if you like comics and you like the Guinea Geek Network, you are going to like those shows. Michelle, what have you been up to this week? Passing my graduate course. Woohoo! Yay, I have four more. That's good to hear. Good to hear. All right. So next week, we'll be talking some more Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Until then, I'm Agent SP, Director SP, actually. And I'm Agent Michelle. All right. See everybody next time. Bye. Bye. So sad. Devil couldn't get his little badge because he was too tall. I loved how he ruined the reception because he ate all the food. And so they had to move the reception to the roller rink that was cool thank you for listening if you want to leave us feedback go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows you can also visit legendsofshield.com where you find our complete archive of podcasts 
The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com, and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2023.